Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check and investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I'll be looking at episode 1867 with Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo thinks they had technology superior to ours in the 1800s. The earth is flat and the pandemic was fake. And now, so do I. And soon, so will you. Not really, but I do think he is a good guest, generally speaking. The first thing I want to talk about is Eddie's idea that drinking juice and doing coffee enemas is a good way to cure colon cancer, among other things. This is an example of something I would call a potentially harmful conspiracy theory, to put it mildly. Examples of harmless conspiracies include things such as aliens, the moon landing being faked, and so on. The idea that putting coffee up your ass can save your life is a good example of something that just might have negative repercussions for the believer. As you might have guessed, there is no evidence to suggest that coffee enemas have any sort of healing powers. In fact, no form of colon cleansing is necessary at all. This is because your body's digestive system is capable of getting rid of toxins on its own. Basically, all products that claim to detoxify or whatever are a complete scam. While there are no benefits, there are some potential negative side effects of a coffee enema, including nausea, vomiting, cramping, bloating, dehydration, bowel perforation, infection, and rectal burns. According to the National Cancer Institute, there have been three deaths connected to coffee enemas so far. Eddie Bravo could be next. He could be number four. One was probably because of a bacterial infection, and two were due to electrolyte imbalance. So where does this idea come from? Where, does, where do coffee enemas come from? It was created by a doctor named Max Gerson who moved out of Germany when the Nazis took over because he was Jewish. And unfortunately, he moved to America and started spreading this quackery. Initially, he said that it cured migraines and tuberculosis. But then at some point, he just moved on up to saying it cured cancer. When he died, his daughter carried on with his coffee enema methods. And she ended up being even worse than him. She tried to expand his program a little bit and throw in some new stuff, like feeding people raw calf liver. And she accidentally put some people into comas with her shenanigans. There's no evidence that any of Gerson's methods work, and the reason a lot of these clinics are in Mexico, as Eddie Bravo mentions, is so that they'll be harder to sue. The other miracle cure they bring up in this part of the episode is stem cell therapy, which I've probably talked about before at some point. They are promoting something that has been termed stem cell tourism, where you go to another country to get stem cell therapy. Usually it costs ten dollars to $20,000. Again, they are in places like Mexico and Thailand because it's harder to sue them that way. A few stem cell clinics in the U.S. have already been sued by the FDA for their quackery. This is something that's considered potentially promising, but not ready yet by scientists who don't work in Tijuana. There are significantly better ways you could spend $20,000 in Tijuana and Thailand, if you know what I mean. Especially Thailand. 
And what I mean is donations to charities that support the developing world. I know what you guys were thinking, and that says a lot about you that you would think that. And it says a lot about my audience, which is very unfortunate. They both agree that your phone listens to your conversations and gives you ads based on things you have said out loud. This is something that I used to believe as well, and it seems like a lot of people have a story about saying something out loud and then getting an ad for it. And I don't mean on a phone call, I mean just speaking and your phone is nearby. And while I think it's still possible that something like this goes on, I don't think it really makes sense anymore. Apparently there was a big study at Northeastern University that looked into this and they analyzed 17,000 different apps, but they could not find even one instance of an app activating a microphone and then leaking audio data to a third party. There have been some other studies too, and nobody has ever been able to find any evidence of this sort of recording. It also just wouldn't really be practical for them to do this anyway, because it would involve a massive amount of computing power. It would just be a waste of money since they have plenty of information on you anyway. They don't really need to do this in order to cater ads to you. They track your location, they know what you click on, etc. They don't need to know what you actually say. Just think about all the people you know in real life who have gone to jail for something like wire fraud or illegal gambling. How did they get him? Probably not with an actual wire tap where they got a record of what he said. Probably it was just phone records. Knowing who you call and when is usually enough. Just trust me on that one. That is something you definitely want to know before doing certain things. I will say that much. What confuses me about this whole thing that comes up in like every episode of Jerry is why this is the big thing that people focus on with this. Why are people on Jerry always so concerned with targeted ads? If you don't want targeted ads, just use Adblock. These boomers do not know about Adblock. I very rarely see advertisements of any kind except for billboards and things out in the real world. What's much more concerning to me is what else could be done with this information. Who cares about ads? You could theoretically use this information for some kind of massive social engineering project. Whether or not that is going on is a way bigger deal than ads, in my opinion. They also discuss climate change, something which is unfortunately coming up more and more on this podcast. Rogan says that so-called zombie ice isn't real and isn't going to make the sea level rise 10 inches. Zombie ice is basically just a term for ice that's not being fed by a glacier anymore. Uh, The zombie ice study um, that he's referencing here that gets the 10 inches number, that study says it is inevitable that this will happen. But they don't say anything about timing other than that it will happen, quote, within this century. They don't say why it will happen within this century. That's just their vague prediction. There have been other predictions in the recent past, and there will probably be more in the near future. Climate change is obviously real, but this is basically just one random study. Probably there is no real reason to move out of Florida just yet, so I'll kind of give Rogan this one. I mean, there might be other reasons to move out of Florida, a lot actually, but this isn't really one of them. 10 inches is also an average across the whole ocean. It's not as though the water in every beach on Earth would suddenly go 10 inches higher. 
They also play a video of this guy who's like yelling at some panel and he's going crazy at this Australian lady who asked him a question. And he's saying that climate change isn't real because if it was, people wouldn't be building houses by the beach anymore. I can't remember this guy's name and I won't look it up because it doesn't matter. But basically this argument is really dumb. If you know that someone will buy the house, why wouldn't you build it, even if you think there's a chance it will be destroyed in the future? It's their problem at that point. And then if they buy flood insurance, it becomes an insurance company's problem. Furthermore, even if people investing in beachfront development didn't believe in climate change, why would that mean climate change wasn't real? Why are they to be trusted more than scientists. Who are these developer geniuses? So no, new beachfront properties do not disprove man-made climate change, Uh, but Rogan and Eddie Bravo seemed pretty convinced by this line of reasoning. Later, Rogan says that Congresswoman Maxine Waters has said that we need to create a digital currency in order to compete with China. She didn't actually say this. Her actual statement was this. Get ready for my Maxine Waters impression. Just kidding, I've never heard Maxine Waters speak. I have no idea what she sounds like. President Biden's executive order on digital assets is an important step in furthering our understanding of how cryptocurrencies and other digital assets will shape the future of our financial system and of our society. Of particular note, I am heartened to see that the executive order places an emphasis on studying the potential of a U.S. central bank digital currency, with working families across the country looking to rebuild from the pandemic by turning to financial alternatives like cryptocurrency, ensuring that people are not vulnerable to fraud, manipulation, and abuse is imperative. As chairwoman of the Financial Services Committee, I am proud that our committee has been a leader in exploring the emergence of digital assets convening hearings and briefings on cryptocurrency-related investor and consumer protection issues, the potential of central bank digital currencies, the role of cryptocurrency market exchanges, and the rapid rise of stable coins. Uh, I like that they, they threw in working families across the country. That's how you know something is important. When children or working families are involved, oh man, <laughs> that's how you know it's getting real in political land. So it's more like they are looking into it. She has not said that she wants it or anything like that. Really, the more concerning thing here is that Maxine Waters is 84 years old. She did not write this statement. Some intern wrote this. She doesn't know what's going on. But she is, like, in charge of the committee on this. Can somebody please get these people out of here? It is baffling to me how old politicians are these days. Who keeps voting for these people? The year she was born, World War II broke out. Now interns have to try and explain to her what Bitcoin is. I don't think this is good. (laughs) Why are Rogan and Eddie Bravo so concerned about this? Because they are both tax evaders, and they think government-run digital currency would make it more difficult to evade taxes. That is the reality, regardless of what they actually say, and you know it's true. The real problem with a state-run digital currency is that the state is incompetent, and so a hacker could just instantly steal all of your money, as has happened to many people with cryptocurrency. And we all laugh at crypto people because they have pictures of monkeys, and they can be very annoying, and, you know, it crashes and everyone laughs, ha But you wouldn't be laughing if a Serbian hacker 
just right-clicked saved all of your actual U.S. dollars from your official federal bank account app. This would be bad. <laughs> they also discuss COVID a lot in this episode. Remember COVID? Remember that? Rogan and Eddie Bravo want to continue debating COVID. Rogan says that the government is the co-owner of the Moderna vaccine, which isn't really true. This comes from people misunderstanding a legal issue where some scientists from the NIH say they helped develop the vaccine with Moderna and Moderna disputes how much they really contributed. So hey, if you're still on the fence about getting the vaccine in September of 2022, if you haven't made up your mind yet, you know, here's some more information for you. You're welcome. Eddie Bravo also says that WHO announced that the PCR tests had been set to too high of a cycle and that this created a lot of false positives. WHO did not say this. They just put out a memo telling labs to use manufacturer instructions to prevent errors, and it got taken out of context, basically. Now, the real most important thing that Eddie Bravo brings up is not COVID. Nobody cares about COVID anymore. It was the Great Mud Flood. This this is huge. Basically, I'm going to give you guys the quick rundown here because I know none of you even listen to JRE. <laughs> but this is important. You should, and this is important, and you need to know. So basically, in the 1800s, they had very advanced technology, more advanced than what we have now. If you've seen Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water, that's a pretty good idea of what we're talking about here. They had very advanced technology, and when you see those things on top of towers that you think they're like lightning rods, those little spirals, that's because they were actually, the whole building was a battery to harness electricity. And what happened was there was a huge mud flood that wiped most of this out. Again, this was less than 200 years ago. Keep that in mind. And there is a lot of evidence for this mud flood buildings that were once above ground from that era are now partially underground. This is because of the mud flood. This was not because they sunk into the ground or were built underground. That is false information. There was a sort of societal reset and a lot of advanced stuff was temporarily lost. If you think I'm here to debunk this, uh, like some clueless liberal, you are wrong. This cannot be debunked because this is actually true. A lot of buildings in major cities could not be built today, uh, Eddie Bravo says. Now, this is all, this is not like a recent thing. This is all inspired by stuff written by Anatoly Fomenko, a Russian conspiracy theorist who has basically said that everything people think happened in ancient history, like Rome, that actually happened in the Middle Ages. He has a whole new chronology, essentially. And there was also a vast Russian empire that has been lost to time and deliberately covered up by Western historians. I'm glad Eddie Bravo came on to talk about this. And hopefully one day, you know, the full glory of Great Tartaria is restored. Again, there is no, like, debunking here. That's a very, very, like, Reddit uh, when people try to do that, especially to Tartaria. That pretty much wraps up my comments for this episode. I think Eddie Bravo is a good guest. I think he has a cool name. Probably he has suffered some sort of serious head injury. At one point, he says that when people ask him for political insight, which presumably happens constantly, 
He just tells them, quote, I don't know shit, don't ask me, but I know who the demons are. Wise words from a humble man. He says he doesn't know anything, a lot, throughout the podcast, usually right before he says something that is completely wrong. Another thing I like about Eddie Bravo is that he seems to be the only guest who actually listens to JRE. Whenever Rogan brought up something about a former guest, Eddie instantly knew just what he was referring to, which I've never seen another guest be able to do. This is a sign that they are true bros, even though they may not be on the same page about things like Flat Earth and the Mud Flood. Hopefully Rogan comes around and realizes Eddie is right. Thank you for listening. The next episode might be on Zuck. I am not sure yet. Might have to go back and do that one. I have some big things in the works. I have plans, possibly a huge internet battle. Tell your friends about Investigate Joe Rogan, and I will see you next episode, provided there is not another mud flood.